0: Let's talk about time today, time and success. At what point in your career should a real estate agent accomplish selling a hundred sides in a single year? That kind of success isn't supposed to happen overnight. Heck, you can be a super successful and super happy agent and never do a hundred sides in a single year. I was looking at the NAR's 2020 member profile not long ago and it said the typical realtor did 12 transactions last year. I also remember being at a Tom Ferry event probably a year or two ago, and he said only 3% of agents do 25 sides per year. So if you're doing 100 sides in a year, that's pretty amazing and worthy of celebration. And if you're doing 100 sides in a year and it's just your second full year as a licensed agent, well, you get a guest spot on the walkthrough. Today, you're going to meet an agent in Northwest Ohio who did exactly that. And this isn't really about, you know, secrets of his success or anything like that. Because sometimes, I think most times even, the secret boils down to hard work, being able to pivot when you have to, and being relentless about reaching the top because you've already come close to rock bottom. This is The Walkthrough. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Matt McGee, editor of Homelight's Agent Resource Center, and you're listening to The Walkthrough. On this show, you'll learn what's working right now from the best real estate agents and industry experts in the country. At Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. That's why we created The Walkthrough. We're on a journey to find out how great real estate agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. You can get involved in the show in a couple different ways. Text me or leave a voicemail at 415-322-3328 or send an email to walkthrough at walkthroughathomelight.com. Tyler Size has been around real estate For much of the past couple decades, he had two stints doing sales at Caterpillar, the biggest construction equipment maker in the world. He's dabbled in flipping and renting homes, and his brother is a real estate agent too. All of that helped him succeed when he got his license two years ago in the Toledo, Ohio area, but it doesn't explain the level of success he had. Tyler did more than 40 sides in his first year and exactly 100 sides in his second year. He earned a 2019 HomeLight Achievement Award as a top producer. If his name sounds familiar, you might be remembering back to part three of our series about converting online leads. Tyler submitted the last question that we used in that episode. He asked Elmer Morales and Jackie Soto, can you share your complete list of online lead sources? Turns out that that question helps explain some of Tyler's success. He is constantly looking to learn and constantly looking for new lead sources. Very, very driven to succeed. And that's because he's seen a few hard knocks over the years. When the housing market crashed in 2008, he says sales of construction equipment crashed as well. More recently, just four months into his real estate career, Tyler lost his main source of new leads. When Tyler mentioned in our Facebook community that he had done a 100 sides in year number two, I thought, I need to find out how that happened. As you listen to our conversation today, you're going to hear Tyler talk about what selling Caterpillar equipment taught him about real estate, what he credits with teaching him the business at warp speed, what he felt during his first new agent training session and why he never wanted to feel that way again. Maybe most importantly, you're also going to hear a lot about being able to adapt and overcome obstacles. At the very end of today's show, I have some Homelight news that I wanna pass along. We just announced a new product that is free and available to agents all across the country to help manage your listings. So stay tuned for that very end of the show. But first and foremost, and without any further ado, let's find out how Tyler Treesize managed to do 100 sides in just his second year in the business. My first question for him was, what did you learn from 10 plus years in equipment sales that helped you in real estate?
1: I think one of the most important things I learned at Caterpillar is I took over a struggling branch. So we didn't have a ton of customers. Our revenue was nowhere where it needed to be. And I made the decision that we were gonna start with small building blocks. We were going to start with some customers that maybe didn't have huge revenue, but we were going to get a lot of customers on board. And then I figured if we did that, you know, we would be kind of insulated as far as having like really cold winters. If we had fluctuations in the market, because we would have a ton of customers. And really what ended up happening was it fed on itself. You know, as I got more customers, I had more equipment. I could help more people. People started seeing more of our stuff around town and it, one thing led to another, and we became the biggest branch in the state. So I carried some of that over into real estate. And I was going to build my business on anybody that I could that wanted to buy a house. And then I started asking them if they had other people they knew. And I just tried to connect all the dots.
0: So, just a, a willingness to take on whatever opportunities were in front of you. Well, I felt like the more
1: deals I could get, the faster I would speed up my learning curve. So I just wanted to take as many deals as I could and learn the business. Because I felt at that point, if I um, learned the business, I could help people a lot better than if I was still cutting my teeth on my first few deals.
0: You had a few other sales jobs back in the day, you know, 10, 20 years ago, not just Caterpillar. What else did you learn from those experiences? Well, you know, I have 20 years sales experience. And, uh, you know, I've had the
1: highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. I mean, my highs was... 2006, 2007, I was the most successful of all my friends. You know, the lows were 2008 when the bottom fell out of everything and 10 of my top 12 customers were on credit hold. And I really, uh, I went from being the most successful of all my friends to the least successful of all my friends overnight, right? So I went, you know, I was really about a couple of weeks away from being homeless. You know, I had a, a car that the door fell off of. I had to go to the junkyard and get another door. The door didn't match the car. And uh, I just remember sitting at home one night thinking, you know what? I will never let myself get this low again, ever. And I always keep that, like, in the back of my head, you know what I mean? If I have a customer that leaves me and goes to another realtor, if I have a deal that falls apart, it just keeps things in perspective that it's really not that bad, right? Like, yeah, the inspection sucked, but nobody nobody died, right? Like, I'm not going to be sleeping under a bridge tonight. Like, it's not that catastrophic, you know?
0: The, the lessons that you learn from experience like that, tell me about what that does to your sort of your mindset, I guess, and, and how you're able to bounce back from going through what you went through.
1: Well, you know, I'm just a big believer in positive thinking. I think when I was at one of my lowest points, I read uh, Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within, right? And uh, he's got a section in that book where he talks about catastrophic things that happen in your life. And he talks about NASCAR drivers. And he said, like if an NASCAR driver, if they're driving and they get spun out and they're ready to crash into a wall, they're taught to look forward and look ahead. And that's automatically where your body will pull itself. So I always try to keep that in perspective. If I'm crashing and burning, I look towards where I want to go, not necessarily where I'm going.
0: Tyler got his real estate license in August, 2018. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, he celebrated his two-year anniversary. As a licensed agent. Tyler showed me his production since then. In his first full year, he did 44 sides. And then in year number two, he did 100 sides. So as we started to talk about the success that he's had just these first two years in the business, the first thing I wanted to know is what kind of goals he set for himself at the beginning. Did he really think he was going to do almost 150 sides in two years?
1: I I read Grant Cardone's The 10 Times Rule. And uh okay. you know, I had a I had a goal for myself that I was gonna sell twelve houses and I thought I was gonna be really killing it if I could sell a house a month. And uh after I read that book, I realized my goal needed to be hundred and twenty houses. And uh, you know, I sold a hundred this past year, so I fell a little short, but it was a heck of a lot more than twelve. Um, but that book was kind of a game changer for me.
0: How so? What did you learn? Yeah, it expanded
1: kind of the way that I thought. It expanded really what my goal should be and how I needed to get from point A to B and really even point A to Z.
0: Tell me what this rolling 10 concept is. So I started my real estate really um, as just
1: something I was going to do for my own personal investments. And then, you know, I kind of enjoyed it. And then I thought, all right, well, I'll open it up and I'll kind of do it for myself and I'll do it for friends and family. And then when I kind of got rolling and I got some momentum, um, I thought, you know, maybe I could make a go of this thing. So then my goal was, for at least 3 months in a row if i had 10 contingent deals at that point i would be able to kind of make a career shift so i killed myself it took me 12 months i actually that first year that i sold all those houses i did that with another full time job so i was working probably 80 hours a week and uh you know after that first year i had 3 months in a row where i had 10 contingent deals and i was like you know what i'm ready ready to make a go of it you know what i mean if i can sell 50 houses and not even have have it be my full attention. I bet if I quit, I could sell a hundred. So and you know that's pretty much what happened.
0: So you get started in real estate. You're still working uh, the full time job at Cal, uh, at Caterpillar. You're doing real estate as full time as you can. You where was your business coming from at that point? Just in those in those early days.
1: You know, so it's kind of interesting how my business has come full circle and and what I've learned. So. You know, I was blessed enough to have a brother that was a realtor in Indianapolis, uh, and he's a very successful realtor, and I was able to bounce some ideas off of him, and although his business is completely different from my business, um, it did help me kind of get started because I did need some sort of direction. So, um, you know, I did get started with a CRM. I did get started with some Google AdWords. I mean, he was very instrumental in saying, you know what? when people go to buy and sell houses, they're going to look you up. You know what I mean? You need to get a Facebook business page. You need to have a Google business page. You should have a Twitter account. You should have a LinkedIn account because when people look you up, you want all these things to kind of come up that say you're a realtor. So, you know, he kind of got my feet wet with a lot of that stuff. I started with some Google AdWords. Um, I would say I was break even at best with that. You know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't overly happy. The, uh, lender that I used for my personal investments, I went to him and I said, listen, you know I I do have some leads coming in for my Google AdWords stuff about you give me some of your leads, you know what I mean, from some of your walk-ins, maybe some of your repeat business, and maybe we can help each other. And that was kind of the first start of doubling my client base. Uh, He had worked in a local factory and uh, he had a, a really big clientele. So, you know, I was getting quite a few referrals from him. I was getting a little bit of stuff from Google AdWords. And then, uh, you know, I read Grant Cardone's book. And then my brother was telling me about some people he knew that did some Zillow stuff. And then that really kind of changed everything. I spent a little bit of money on Zillow and I started getting some immediate returns where the Google AdWords, I felt like was more of a slow burn. Some of my Zillow stuff was like an immediate return. So after I read, you know, the 10 times rule, I was like, well, crap, if I'm getting a you know, good investment on 500 bucks. What would happen if I did 5,000 bucks, you know? Mm -hmm. And then that was really the, the start of everything was kind of really investing in myself.
0: You just heard Tyler explain where his business was coming from when he first got into real estate. He tried Google AdWords, but wasn't really happy with that. He was getting a lot of referral leads from his primary lender, and he was just getting started with buying Zillow leads. Nothing too unusual there, right? But about four months into his first year, Tyler had to change his entire business model, and fast. All the leads he was getting from his lender disappeared because his lender ended up in jail. Nothing like
1: lending related, but he made some career, uh, poor personal choices. And uh, anyway, we ended up having to part ways, right? And that was, honestly, I looked, and at that point, that was over 50% of my business. So I had to pivot pretty quick and figure out where I was going to make up 50% of my business. You know what I mean? That just poof went away overnight. When that happens, is panic setting in? It's not. I think really what you need to do is, you know, kind of like what I talked about, you know, panic sets in when uh, I was playing my buddy in golf for 10 bucks and I only had five in my pocket. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's panic. Panic is when I don't have enough gas in my car to get home in 2008, right? Like that's, that's panic figuring out. Where I'm going to get another sphere of business is a problem. It's not life threatening, um, so I think sometimes what you need to do is you, you know, you need to take a step back and kind of figure out. All right, how how am I now going to move forward now that this event has happened?
0: We're just saying you started in on Zillow. You started investing in you know buying zip codes, buying leads from Zillow, and it started working. And so you started to reinvest money into that and do more of it. I did. I did. And it's kind of
1: interesting the way that everything kind of played out. So, you know, as it started working, I did start investing more money into it and I started getting more leads and I started getting more sales and I started getting a pipeline. And, you know, in the beginning, I was still working at Caterpillar, so I still had an income. So at first, I was like, you know what? Even if I'm kind of investing in some leads, even if um, I just break even or just make a little bit of money. I'll instantaneously have a book of business, right? You know, then that kind of changed. As I started doing well, then I started treating it as a business owner and kind of diving into what am I spending? What am I making? There's actually a business model here. And uh, I had to completely change my mindset from thinking, all right, I'm essentially just going to get a pipeline to, I need to make this like a viable business.
0: So you're looking at what you're spending, obviously you're looking at ROI, right? So here's how much I'm spending per month. Here's what I'm getting in terms of GCI and clients. What else are you looking at and analyzing to sort of maximize the return you're getting from buying online leads?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting. Before I was in sales at Caterpillar, I had run several branches, um, a couple of the branches that I ran had lost money for 12 straight months in a row. So they kind of brought me in as a kid that, all right, you know, if you can't turn this branch around, we'll just close it down. So, you know, I do have a background of kind of looking at P&L statements and looking at money coming in and money going out. So, you know, I don't really just look at top line income and bottom line revenue. I look at really all the things in between that make up those two numbers. So as I got that train going, and I would talk to other agents, you know, and I would hear agents say, Realtor.com sucks, Zillow sucks, this sucks. Well, I mean, I would dive into my numbers, right? And I really found out that, you know what, Zillow doesn't suck, Realtor.com does not suck, but certain zip codes suck, or at least they sucked for me, right? So I felt like a lot of those people were painting with too big of a brush, you know what I mean? I felt like they're not really diving in. And uh, maybe just where they were at or what they were spending or where they were ranking. Maybe those were things that weren't working. And I really just had to do that even recently. Um, A couple weeks ago, I kind of had to look at some of the stuff I was getting with Realtor. And uh, I shifted into some other zip codes. And my return is dramatic. Even with uh, Zillow, every six months, I try to look and see exactly what I'm spending for each zip code. And what I'm getting. And then I always try to trace the sales back and see where they started from because that's ultimately the zip code I want to give credit for that commission. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of shocked at the return I was getting in some of them. And I was actually shocked at the return I was not getting in a couple of them. So it's a constant fluctuation everyone. If you're enjoying the walkthrough, we'd appreciate it if you tell the real estate agents in your network about us. Even more, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Your feedback helps us get better, and in some cases can also help new listeners find and hear us. And when we get around to having you on the show, the more listeners, the better, right?
0: Was there a point where you're like, wait a second, I am too reliant on Zillow and I need to try Realtor.com? Like how did you get introduced to these other opportunities?
1: So it's kind of crazy um, and probably not the intended effect, but I went to a Zillow conference and uh, Zillow started changing about some of the changes they were going to make and how they implement changes. And, uh, you know, I walked out of there and thought, oh crap, you know, some of these changes might not be beneficial for me. So literally, the second my plane got home, that was when I started with Realtor, and then that was when I got with my broker, and we got on Op City, and, and uh, that was really when I signed up for uh, HomeLite. you know. And uh, you know, I got with my broker. I kind of told him my concerns, and you know, he was like, "Back when I was rolling, we did postcards, you know. I think you should try some postcards." So I actually did like some postcard farming. So you know, recently I signed up with Dave Ramsey. That's actually been a pretty good lead source for me as well. So I figured, you know what? I need to diversify my business. I need to get these lead sources coming in from multiple lead sources, just like when I started the caterpillar, right? Because if one lead source goes away or something happens, it's not going to debilitate my business, you know what I mean? So now I have a bunch of different lead sources and I feel like I'm at least a little bit insulated.
0: I mean, it sounds to me like your your mindset is you are willing to consider like almost any lead source, if it can help grow your business right like there's no it's like you're you're and not I'll like throw,
1: i'll throw anything I'll throw anything against the wall and I'll see if it sticks, and if it's not good then i'll I'll terminate it and move on i mean I've got another one I'm doing right now um called call Ten they're doing more geo farming for me, and uh you know it's not a ton of money a month, so I feel like it's not a huge risk, and I get a lead a day, they're not overly like uh, powerful leads, but you know, stuff to put in my CRM, I could drip on these people and you know, I'll try it for three months and if I get no return, I'll I'll drop it or I'll go a different route.
0: Okay, that's that's kind of where I wanted to go with that. If you if you're willing to try all these different these different options, how do you decide how do you decide how much money it's worth throwing at the wall and how much time it's worth putting into this before you say, Nope, I'm done. It's not working.
1: I mean, I feel like for maybe Zillow and Realtor. Some of those sources, I almost feel like it takes six months, you know what I mean, before I can really gauge. Maybe for some of the lower ones, um, you know, maybe a little bit longer, I'll give call 10, like three months before I make a, a judgment. So I'm not spending a lot. So if I pop one one home, that pays for three months of, of what I spent with them, you know what I mean? For me, for home life in uh, Op City, I'm only paying a referral fee if I get it. So it's really a no brainer.
0: When we chatted last week, you had a, you said something that really just stuck in my mind. And I want you to explain for listeners uh, what you meant by that. Uh, You said buying leads has taught me the business at warp speed.
1: I was able to do a lot of deals in a short time. You know, I mean, I cut my teeth. I mean, so I'm Two years, two years and a month into the business now, and I've done over 150 deals. You know, I don't know how long it takes the average realtor to do that many deals, but I've had a lot of different things happen. I've met a lot of different people. I've had a lot of, you know, different things I've had to make judgment calls and talk to my broker about. And, um, you know, it taught me the business really fast, and I feel like it gave me instant credibility. In what way? Well, I mean, I can walk into a place now and people know who I am when my name and face goes up for, you know, our board's president club, I mean, people know that guy sells a lot of houses, you know, because I'm a one man band. The only people that are above me right now are people that have teams. I do have uh, a group of people that, hey, I'm busy. Can you take this lead? You know, and I'll take a 30% referral and I'll do the same thing for them. And, you know, so we're not a group, but really what we are is a band of friends that really look out for each other.
0: So what percentage of your business right now is online versus, uh, you know, referral and sphere?
1: Yeah, that's
0: a good question.
1: I would say it, sh- it really um, shuffles between somewhere around 80% of my business right now is online leads, 20% of my business is my own sphere. Uh, but I feel like that'll change the longer I'm in the business. Because I still feel like anytime you get in the business, I, I almost feel like a, uh, when I graduated from college, right? Like I got my degree and I thought, all right, people are going to line up to hire me. And, uh, you know, a couple months after having my degree and no job, you know, my parents, right? Like, Don't you think it's time to like, you know, start getting out there and applying? And I <laughs> feel like, you know, having a real estate license is the same thing, right? I mean, you get your real estate license, like people aren't lining up to give you business, right? I mean, everybody knows an uncle or a cousin or somebody they went to school with that's a realtor, right? So now it's more of, all right, where am I going to go out and get these people just like you did kind of with your first job. I feel like it's almost the same thing. So I feel like as the longer I'm in the business, the more clients I have, the more referrals I'm going to get. Probably that ratio changes, but 2 years into the business, it's about 80% online, 20% sphere.
0: I mean, you could see then down the road, there's a point where your business is going to sort of maybe have to pivot a bit again and and pull pull back from the online.
1: Of course. And I actually think of it as a seven-year plan. I mean, I went into this thinking, I want as many sales as I can in that first seven years, right? Because I feel like, you know, right around that seven-year mark, a lot of those people I sold houses to, they're going to need to sell and then buy at a higher price point. So, I really decided I was just going to go like hell for seven years. And then as my business starts shifting, I probably will throttle down the amount of advertising that I'm doing because I I probably won't need it at that point, or at least as much of it.
0: After all the success you had at Caterpillar, was it difficult to start at the bottom as a real estate agent? It was.
1: I can actually remember going to the first training at my brokerage and feeling like I was an inch tall. And I remember sitting in that room thinking, you know what? The next time I ever come back to this room, I'm definitely not going to be in last place, you know? And I think that that's just kind of the mindset, right? I mean, you're just going to have to get it done. I knew that I wasn't going to be in last place for very long. Now saying that, I mean, those were kind of the goals that I set for myself because I was actually pretty embarrassed. You know what I mean? To sit in that room and look at some of those people and think, you know what? I'm in last place. I'm in last place right now. I haven't sold a house. And, uh, You know, after that first year I set my brokerage's record, I think for first year commission. And then I think right now for my area, for someone that's not a team, I think I'm the number one agent, you know what I mean, at the brokerage. So but I think you need that kind of fire, you know what I mean, to kind of propel you to where you want to go. I mean, you know, even right now, I mean, I don't really think about all the sales that I that I have, you know what I mean, or the success that I've had, you know. I mean, I actually lay in bed sometimes and think about the ones that got away, you know, sometimes I'll even think about when I was upset and the door fell off my car, you know? (laughs) So I mean, that's (laughs) what I feel like gives you kind of the fire, you know what I mean? To go find the next one.
0: And that drives you, obviously.
1: It drives me, you know? I mean, I never really think like, I made a lot of money today. I made a lot of money this week. I literally think like the rug could always be pulled out from under me. And you know what? Real estate consumes me. I I read books about it. I listen to podcasts about it. I mean, I sell houses Monday through Sunday, right? The friends that I go out and have cocktails with, we talk about real estate. They're in real estate in some fashion, whether they're a title company or a lender or other realtors. But, you know, that's kind of like what it is. I mean, we haven't really touched on it. But when I go to the gym, I listen to podcasts. That's why I love your podcast, man. Your podcast is great. Thank you. And I like when I can listen to other people and I can take stuff away.
0: What I am hearing is just a constant drive to improve, learn, get better. You know what? Because
1: really at the end of the day, you know, when you sit at the closing table and you change somebody's life, right? When they sign that last piece of paperwork and they get the keys to that house, it's a great feeling. Uh, when somebody, you know, goes on Zillow and leaves you a five-star review saying how you changed their life, I mean, where you can't make that up. Where can you get that kind of gratification?
0: That's a heck of a story, isn't it? Thank you so much, Tyler. And thanks for the kind words there at the end about the walkthrough. I kind of wanted to edit that out because it may come across as self-serving, but I think it speaks to Tyler's drive to keep learning and keep getting better, and that's been a big part of his success. Remember, stay tuned to the very end of the show for some uh, Homelight news about a new product available to agents across the country. Right now, let's do our takeaways from today's show. Number one, when Tyler was just starting out, it didn't matter who the client was. He took on everyone he could help because the more deals he did, the more he'd learn and the faster he'd learn. Number two, he's also taken on any and every online lead source he can find. Tyler said he's willing to try just about anything and see if it works. He pays close attention to the ROI and then ditches the lead sources that don't work. He said that going real heavy into buying online leads has taught him the real estate business at warp speed. Number three, Tyler has had to adapt and pivot to overcome some big challenges. He was almost homeless when the market crashed in 2008. He talked about losing his number 1 lead source just 4 months into his real estate career. That's when he quickly shifted to online leads. And even though he's only 2 years into his career now, he's already planning for another pivot when his business becomes more about his sphere and referrals than online leads. Number 4, The big thing that struck me the whole time we talked was that he's just really driven to succeed. Always reading books, listening to podcasts, and that story about knowing he was the least successful agent in the training room and having the mindset to get out of last place. Great stuff. Thanks again, Tyler, for joining us. Uh, Listeners, if you wanna connect with Tyler, you can find him in our Facebook listener community. Come join us. Just go to Facebook and type Homelight Walkthrough into the search box. Uh, look for a group. It's called Homelight Agent Community, The Walkthrough. Whether you are new to this podcast or if you've been listening since we started, you should be in this group. Okay, nothing in the walkthrough inbox this week. If you ever have a question about the show, you can text me or leave a voicemail anytime. The number is 415-322-3328. You can also send me an email, walkthrough at homelight.com. That's all for this week. Thanks again to Tyler Treesize for joining me. Thank you for listening. My name's Matt McGee. Remember, at Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. That's why we created The Walkthrough. We're on a journey to find out how great real estate agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. Go out and safely sell some homes. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Hi again, everyone. Thanks for sticking with me. I want to tell you about a new product that's available to agents all across the country and can make managing your listings a lot easier. Last week, Homelight announced the acquisition of a company called Disclosures.io. Now, those of you in California might already know the name. Disclosures.io has more than a 100,000 agents using their product there. And now that we've acquired the company, we're taking the product nationwide. The Disclosures.io product will be part of what we are calling the Homelight Listing Management Platform. In short, you'll have one place where you can compare offers side-by-side, monitor buyer interest, securely share property information, and more. It's a suite of listing management and marketing tools all rolled into one. Instead of printing out all the offers you get on a listing, you'll have a single place to easily compare them side-by-side and share them with your sellers. Instead of emailing several PDFs to the buyers and their agents, you can offer all the necessary property information in a single secure online location. You and your sellers can also keep an eye on buyer interest in your listings as well. There's a free version and a paid version with a few upgrades. I'll put a link for more info in today's show notes, or you can just go to disclosures.io slash home light. If you want to be able to manage market and sell your listings from one secure online location, you will love it. And now I am really saying goodbye for this episode. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.